Coming up on this week's episode of Search with Canda, I will be talking with the SEO manager over at The Lowdown, Jen Penaluna, all about her transition from agency life to working in-house. What are the surprises? What are the misconceptions? And what are the things to look forward to? If you've been thinking about transitioning from agency to in-house or vice versa, this is the episode for you. Welcome to episode 74 of season two of the Search with Canda podcast. I am your host for this week, Jack Chambers Ward, and I will be talking with a Brighton SEO speaker and Rising Star Award nominated SEO, Jen Penaluna, later on in the show. We'll be talking all about her transition and journey, career journey really, from working for agencies and now moving over to a very recent in-house role with The Lowdown. It's a really interesting conversation, something I don't have experience with, having worked my entire career pretty much agency side. I think you'll learn a lot. If you are thinking about that move in your career, it's definitely worth paying attention to Jen's advice and the journey so far that she's been through. Before we get to my conversation with Jen, I'd like to say a very big thank you to the sponsor for this week. It is, of course, Systrix, the SEO's toolbox. And you can go to systrix.com SWC if you want to check out some of their fantastic free tools. That includes their SERP snippet generator. If you want to see what your actual title and meta description and all that kind of stuff is going to look like on the SERP in a snippet, there's a good way to do it, and that's using Citrix's SERP snippet generator. If you want to check, validate, and create your href lang tags, you can also do that for free. If you want to check and keep up to date on Google updates, there's rumors, potential rumors that an algorithm update. There's some, there's some little volatility checks. I've seen a few people tweeting about it. Systrix will keep you up to date on all the Google updates. And of course, you can go and check your site's visibility index for free as well. I mentioned last week that we have the latest Trendwatch. That is Trendwatch from May 2023 by the fantastic Nicole Scott. Trendwatch is, of course, 10 trends every single month delivered straight to your inbox. And you can go sign up for it by going to systrix.com slash trends. And you get a little sneak peek on the website, but you do have to subscribe to the newsletter to get all 10. And I'll basically do a little preview of the top one from the article today. Broken Planet, something I'd never heard of before, but Broken Planet is a fashion brand, basically. So Broken Planet have really captured a lot of people's attention and their in their rise to fame because of their huge, huge focus on sustainable fashion and clothing. Sustainability is a topic that keeps coming up in Trendwatch. I don't know if you've noticed that. I certainly have. And it's a thing that's going to continue to come up, I think, because it is a huge talking point for so many people around the world and so many industries around the world as well. Broken Planet use exclusively recycled material. They consciously reduce waste for the creation and maintenance of their company as well. And I think a lot of people are really kind of trying to be a bit more conscious when it comes to buying new clothes and trying to be much more sustainable in their efforts. I think Broken Planet have done something that is trying to kind of lean towards that edgy kind of side of things, of that shock value. They they show there's a there's a button on the website that says reality on, reality off. And with reality off, you get all these lovely beaches and the typical kind of stuff you see on fashion websites where you get waves and people running around and it's oh, it's all perfect and lovely. 
if you put reality back on, there's rubbish all over the beach and the seas are grey and the world is a terrible place. Unfortunately, it's kind of true. And I think that kind of instant shock value thing for their website is a quick way to grab people's attention. They've also been very active in participating with things like pop-up events and really getting involved in wider fashion discussions, but bringing that ethical production and sustainable kind of commentary to it. Credit to Broken Planet for doing that. And I think this is something you can really take away with some of the data from Trendwatch is how can you get your brands or the particular topic that we'll be talking about to really stand out from the crowd. And I think this is taking this kind of advice from people like Broken Planet who are fairly new in the grand scheme of things when it comes to fashion. Their explosion over the last sort of nine to ten months or so has made a huge, huge impact. I think a lot of people are now paying attention to them. And it's a lesson we can learn for you, your clients, or your website. If you're working directly on a website, you're working in-house. It's something you can really take away with you and understand why they're working. Learn the strategies and the the way to apply them to the things that you're doing. The data from Systrix and Trendwatch is a brilliant way to kind of get a glimpse into that and, and get the ball rolling for some ideas. And I find that really, really useful. Like I said, you can get nine more trends on top of talking about Broken Planet by going to systrix.com slash trends, subscribe to the newsletter there, and you'll get 10 brand new trends delivered to your inbox every single month. My guest for this week is a Brighton SEO speaker, a Rising Star Award-nominated SEO, an owner of Burton Frank, the Sausage Dogs, very importantly, and perhaps most importantly, a former radio host of Music Radio HUD. Welcome to the show, Jen Penaluna. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Have you been stalking my LinkedIn profile? That's some deep... Absolutely. Bit, absolutely. Yeah. I do my research here on Search with Canada, making sure... I know you've got radio experience, so I'm, I'm think you're ready for a podcast for sure. Hundred percent, not a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but most importantly, Bert and Frank the Sausage Dogs. Like, I feel like they're, they're, there's where we need to start. Right, the the key part of any social media strategy is adorable pets. Yeah, it's basically by personality now. I'm just a dog bum. Do SEO on the saddle. <laughs> so we're here to talk about your recent congratulations. By the way, your recent move in your career to in-house from agency. So it's something we kind of touch on a couple of times here on the show before, moving from the agency evoluted over to the lowdown. I think that's a really interesting topic. We're going to dive into your experiences, what people can expect, maybe some misconceptions and misunderstandings people might have about that process and the differences between the two as well. So should we start with kind of your career so far leading up to this transition period? And now, now moving over into in-house has been, has that been a big shift for you? Has that been like, was that, was that always the plan essentially is what I'm trying to get to as part of your career? Oh, good question. I really struggle with the sort of, where do you see yourself in five years time? Because I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I guess, is this where you saw yourself five years ago as another way of speaking? No, <laughs> like I, myself. Um, I really like the agency side, but. I thought one day I might go in-house or I might go freelance, but I don't think I've got the attention span for freelance. I think I need somebody to keep me accountable. Um, I was always under this impression that in-house might be boring. 
I hope that's okay mm. to say. Um, that it's just one thing. I'm used to working on multiple clients. Um, and actually somebody did say that to me. Um, somebody that knows me quite well when I said, by the way, I'm leaving. Um, I'm going in-house. And they were like, oh, do you think you'll be bored just working on one client? Because we know that you hate being bored. You hate not having tons to do. What if things <laughs> are like slow? Because you hate projects like that that take ages to get done. I was like, yeah, it is a bit of a concern, but we could chat through it in a bit, but it was quite a lengthy interview process. So I feel like I'd vetted that enough to make sure it definitely wasn't going to be boring. Yeah, I think that's, you're totally right. There's that first kind of misconception, right? Of agency life is a hundred miles an hour and a million different clients and it's always moving and stuff. Whereas in-house stuff can be a lot more slow getting through process of, of uh, the higher ups making decisions and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, I guess let's start with how you decided to, how you made that decision, really, how you came to the decision of leaving agency life. Like you said, you went in with some kind of nerves and some concerns, but it sounds like it was a actually a pretty positive process overall, right? Yeah. So if I go sort of right back to the beginning, um, obviously I joined Evolute from another agency. And like I said, that was quite a big thing for me at the time because I was quite comfortable where I was at the previous agency. But Evolute, you know, had some great stuff to offer. I really like people. Um, still really like the people, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, like like you said, they, you know, they pushed me to be a Brighton SEO speaker, to, you know, be nominated for that rising startup. Didn't win, but still nice to be nominated. <laughs> um, congrats to who did win, though. And it was, it was a great couple of years. Um, and I probably wasn't expecting to leave as soon. Um, but essentially, I was a customer of the lowdowns and it was something that I I use them as a service. So I've had a lot of like issues with GP appointments around sort of periods and things. And I think I came across them on TikTok. And then I went to their website and was like, oh, I can book an appointment and it, it's a 20 minute appointment rather than sort of 10 minutes. So I've actually got longer to try and fit all, all the issues in. Um, so I did and I paid for that. And afterwards I, I cried like happy tears, not sad tears for wow. once. Um, so I told everybody about it and I was like, I've finally had a GP appointment where I felt listened to about, you know, women's issues. And I think I tweeted about them just to say like, by the way, this is brilliant. Cause I've literally just wanted everyone to know because I wanted <laughs> someone to have that experience. Um, and Alice, the founder, she must've seen the, the tweets so that she messaged me last year. Does that say we're, we're looking for an SEO manager if you want to chat? And at the time I, I was really happy. Um, not that I was ever unhappy. Um, but I was in a really great place. You know, I love the team. I like the clients that we worked on. I was sort of on track for a promotion to start managing some of the team members as well. So I knew that that was coming. I didn't really want to deviate from that. So I said no. And then a few months later, um, I signed up to be a mentor for women in tech. And I, I realized I was in a very similar situation to the person that I was mentoring and how interesting yeah it, it wasn't the original plan and Arij must have some like spidey sense sort of knowledge no um, because I'm sure I didn't put this in the notes but I realized that we were both going through a very similar thing and we were kind of evaluating what do we actually want because I don't think either of us were unhappy but we were like what would make us really happy so we started working through what are the bits of the job that you really, really love? And if you could do more of that, you would be so much happier. What are the bits that you don't like as much? And I started to realize that maybe in-house would work better for me. And then I was thinking back to the lowdown. And I thought, why did I just put... There we go. <laughs> that, that's right. 
Um, he's the nauseous of the littlest. So yeah, I thought back to the lowdown and I thought, why did I close that door before I've even opened it and considered it? So I got back in touch uh, with Alice and so I said, I'm not 100% definitely looking to move, but I would like a conversation just to you know see what's what, see if things would align and then that set things in motion. Wow. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting thing. And I think a lot of mentor-mentee relationships and I've talked about this a couple of times before for very different subjects, but you find yourself giving good advice to other people, but not actually taking it yourself, right? Uh, you can, I, I know I'm totally guilty of this, of like self-confidence issues, self-doubt, all that kind of stuff. You'll, you'll big up your friends and your colleagues saying, yeah, you're brilliant, you're amazing, and then give none of that to yourself. I think that's really interesting. You happen, like you said, a Regis magical spidey sense kind of lining you up with your mentee and bringing you two together and realizing actually no we're going through the same thing and that journey the advice you're giving to them could actually apply to you as well that's really really cool really interesting yeah it was kind of she was also thinking do i want a promotion will that make me happy do i want this next role or do i want to consider something a little bit different and i was like oh question because i'm all the ones promotion. do i definitely want that and in all fairness um was i obviously came from managing a team before and Eve Lewood was a bit of a bigger team so it took a bit longer to get to that sort of management um, position. But then I sort of decided, actually, I would really miss doing the do. Whereas an in-house role, there's nobody else in this company anyway. I'm the only SEO. So everybody sort of relies on to do everything SEO-wise. And that's what I wanted, really. Amazing. So you kind of covered how you found it, I guess, and that, and that kind of journey. I think it's a really interesting journey that you were already a customer because that is a really great way to find places you want to work out of want a better phrase. And it's something you brought up in the show notes before we kind of started recording and stuff was how to find a company that aligns with your values, right? Because I think, again, so many horror stories agency side of terrible agencies, terrible agency owners, charlatans, liars, people running away with money, all this kind of stuff. I don't really, maybe it's just because I'm in the agency life and I'm in the, my little bubble, but I don't particularly hear that kind of stuff in in-house, but the fact that you brought that up in the show notes, I think is really interesting because you get companies that you wouldn't necessarily think like, oh yeah, they need an SEO person or whatever. And the fact that Alice, the founder reached out to you straight away and you were already a customer, you're already essentially like an advocate for them on social media as well. That seems like the perfect alignment. So was that kind of like the, the stars aligning in your head of like, I like the company, Alice seems cool. They're looking for an SEO. This is like the moment to, to make your shot. Yeah, it felt like the universe sort of put it in front of me rather than me going out and looking for it. And I thought, well, I don't want to upset the universe, so I better, I better go for it. Um, but yeah, in terms of values and clients and things, because there's only so much control you've got over who you work on um, at an agency. And I've never worked on anything that I've you know, hated or anything like that, but I've worked on a lot of boring things. And it's not necessarily industry boring, or it's just not something that's an interest of mine. Um, and I have found that working on something that genuinely is interesting to me, it, it's so much easier to sit down and do the work and think, actually, I'm going to help make a difference to somebody, somebody like me. Uh, yeah, I think that's a huge factor that keeps the passion alive, for want of a better phrase. Like if you're genuinely interested in the lowdown, do amazing work and helping people who menstruate get access to stuff and and making a huge difference in so many people's lives. There's, like you said, there's that ethical side of it as well, right? You're not working for, 
I don't know, a, a tobacco company or a gambling company or whatever it is, like these slightly less, less ethical kind of companies. And as you said, with agency life, you do get lumped with some pretty dry clients sometimes. I have um, my, my driest is probably uh, from my previous agency was a agricultural lime supplier for fields. And what they do is they wow. supply the stuff that balances pH levels in local fields here in Norfolk. And I was like, I'm, I'm from Norfolk. We are a farming county, but I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and I quickly I learned all so about lime. Yeah, I, I think that is one side that I missed, to be fair. There's just the weird things that you end up knowing about. Amazing <laughs> I think my most boring was the, I've had a few. They were a great client and everything, but they were a company that made the machines that make cardboard boxes for delivering things in. Wow, not even the cardboard boxes themselves. They make the machines that make the boxes. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even know that was an option. Does that make sense? Like... <laughs> Well, yeah, if you wasn't really thinking about it, everybody needs different size boxes for different things. Seems fairly obvious when you when you say it that way, Jen. Yeah, I suppose it is. <laughs> so get, going through that process, you mentioned Alice Contest, you came back around on it a second time. What was that kind of actual transitional process for you? You've kind of made up your decision of, okay, I'm going to want to give this a shot and see what can happen. What was that interview process like? What was that kind of transitional process during that time? So it was probably longer and tougher than I expected. Alice asked me for a CV and I've not done a CV for about six or seven years. I was like, oh, I can do one, but you'll have to give me some time. And she was like, actually, it's fine. We'll just chat through, you know, your experience and stuff. So I was like, phew. So I still haven't had to write one. <laughs> but yeah, I think I chatted with five people in total over like a period of a few weeks. And there was a test as well, which if you told me that for agency life, I'd be like, absolutely not. I am not going through all of that for for a job basically um but i understood that it's a startup as well we're a very very small team and if the wrong person gets hired that's got potential to cause all sorts of problems um and now that i'm in the company i know that they've worked with a lot of seo consultants in the past and there's been lots of sort of conflicting advice and mm. suggestions that actually weren't that great and they just really don't want to get burned again so the test was really interesting because a lot of it was more theoretical questions like how would you approach this task? Like you don't have to do the task because you don't have access to all our data, but how would you do it? So I think Ali said something like spend a couple of hours on it, but I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I wanted to do as much as possible. <laughs> it took me ages. I think I sat down over a period of like a few days and I kept going back to it because I was like, actually, you know, it depends. It really does depend. So I was given all these different scenarios like, well, I would approach it like this, but if this happens, I would do this. And I might have been a bit over the top, but that's just me. But then I got to chat through it with our chief technology officer as well. Um, and I was quite intimidated, actually, because I thought, this is, you know, CTO. She's a woman. She's really, really smart. She's going to think everything that I've written is technically incorrect and I'm stupid. And <laughs> it wasn't that at all because she wouldn't have had the conversation with me if it was a terrible uh, exam. So it was really nice to chat through that and then understand, like, how we would work together like on a day-to-day -day basis. The differences in interviewing can be make a huge difference. Like you said, you would not go through five different levels and a test and this and that for an agency job because it, it kind of feels like, for want of a better phrase, there are a dime a dozen, right? There are, there are so many different agencies, there are so many different options out there, whereas a specific in-house role and, and coming back to things that align with your values as well, finding something that perfectly aligns with you and 
it certainly seems like the lowdown does for you, that is one of the far rarer cases. You're not going to come across that every single day. Whereas you could you could probably apply to another agency any day of the week and 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 give it a go and give it a shot. I think that's a really kind of a, a thing most people don't pay attention to or aren't aware of because we don't really talk about interview processes much. I feel like it's quite a hush hush kind of no, no CEO or no head of SEO or head of marketing or whatever, or recruiters in general, particularly talk about the interview process until you're there doing it and in that kind of mode and in that zone. And then it's all, like you said, all systems go full paying full attention to it. Was that kind of intimidating to you or were you just like, I'm ready for this? You know, like you said, you had a couple of hours, but you want to get really, really stuck into it and you want to give it your best shot. Did you feel like it was a big kind of competition, big, big, big shot? Cool question. Um, I actually didn't. I felt like I was at home. <laughs> I spoke to somebody. Like I spoke to people in the growth team. I spoke to like the medics, um, just to get like a feeling of what everybody was like and how they worked. Mm. If they like me as well. Um, so because it was quite staggered, it didn't feel like really overwhelming. But I spoke to a couple of friends that are like in the marketing and development industry, and they were like that's ridiculous like it's taking ages I won't bother and I was like I get it but it doesn't seem like a difficult thing to do because I understand why they're doing it this way and it's not like question after question like do you know what this means it's not like that it's more about finding the fit between us and making sure that the way that I approach things is how they approach things as well so I remember I think one of the first chats I had with Alice um I can't remember the exact question but I sort of said I like to just get things done and see how they go and we can always perfect it after. So I feel like a lot of times clients can wait to get something absolutely perfect to get that new page up or that new area of the site. But actually, let's just get it up. Let's see how Google reacts and, reacts and we can always, you know, perfect it as we go along, give it time to age, see how it does. And Alice was like, yeah, that's exactly what we do. So that was a moment. Yeah, this is going to work for me. That's an interesting part of it as well, coming not just from like aligning from values, but actually the approach that the company has already had already, especially as you coming in as, as you said, the only SEO person, you're going to be the driving force behind so many campaigns, so many site changes, so much, you know, content and things like that. Having a boss or a manager or whatever it is, whatever the situation is that trusts you and understands your approach to it is hugely important in the in-house role from, again, I, I'm I'm assuming and guessing, <laughs> not not knowing that perspective, but I think that's kind of something you get a lot in agency life of this is how we've always done it, so it's going to be done this way. And I think it's really interesting you coming in, particularly to a startup, which is a another kind of layer to it, right? And having you being that first SEO person being the driving factor behind all of it. Was that kind of a, a big decision for you to know that I get to be give actionable recommendations are actually going to get changed rather than having to wait on a, a client and then they report to someone else and then they report to someone else and then six months later maybe they've made a decision whereas as soon as you knew you and Alice were kind of in sync there you could actually get things done and make changes. Yeah I, I think it was one of the points of the comment from somebody that I used to work with that was like do you not think you'll be bored because we feel like a lot of the times in-house things take ages to get action because the big, you know, corporations that have to go through multiple layers and, you know, just to get one little thing sort of sorted out, it can potentially affect lots of other things. I was like, 
it's not like that because it's a startup and we're still in that sort of testing and pivoting period. So it means I get to try lots of new things out. And what's been really interesting to me is seeing like just the pace at which we can have a theory, test it out, learn from it. You know, did it work? Shall we roll this out to more things? Shall we, you know, try and make this better or did it not work? Take that learning and just, just move on. Like, I feel like there's this, you know, sort of need to deliver great results all the time for everything for clients. Um, because obviously that that's what they pay you for. But sometimes you you do just have a hunch and you think, I really <laughs> think this will work, but there's no, you know, clear promise that it definitely will work, but definitely let's test it. Yeah. Freedom to try new stuff out and just experiment, I think. Um, and so many people have said it on the show before, it's such a key part of your initial learning process as well, right? I think so much, so many of us have learned just by building your own site and not even realizing you're doing SEO until somebody says, you know, you're ranking for this keyword, right? You're like, what's a keyword? Oh, right, that thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it sounds like having that freedom is a really big positive as well to be able to try new things out, be trusted by the other people in the team and the other departments as well and being able to experiment with stuff. Do you find yourself doing a lot of kind of that like A-B testing or is it more like just try a campaign, see how it feels, then we'll try something different later on? What's the actual kind of like, not to steal your strategies or anything like that, but <laughs> what's the kind of process for, for your approach for that? So it, I'm on week four at the moment as we're recording this and we pivoted our entire strategy on this week four. So it's been a really interesting first month. Um, basically started you know, trying to get to grips with everything. You know, there's a lot of internal processes. Um, we work with an SEO consultant at the moment. So she's sort of reducing her time down um, to end up not working with us from next month. So I'm really going to miss her. And um, obviously she's got a way of doing things. She's set up processes. So I've been trying to learn exactly what they are. Even, you know, down to things like getting um, the medics to write blogs and how we upload them and how we brief them and things like that, just to make sure there's consistency before I start doing my own things as well. So to be honest, that's took up quite a chunk of time. And I also did like a super mega technical audit. Like I loved it. It was like a great week, just finding everything that was potentially wrong with the site that we could make better. And it's kind of been set to the side now. And I understand why. Um, we basically had a meeting and without giving too much away, we're moving into like a new chapter. We're calling it the new world. So a lot of what we've done in the past, we're parking but there's still some things that we will carry over. So things like the crawling and indexing issues that I've found, they will still apply to sort of the new world and all the new things that we're doing. But some of the things, you know, I'm sure people will be going on and having a look. I'm not saying it's a technically perfect site and we know it's not. <laughs> and that's also something that I think is really interesting because you can look at somebody, you know, somebody's site, especially knowing that there's like one SEO person and think, oh, that's not perfect. I changed that. Like, yeah, you might. And I probably would as well, but it's not a priority because of what it will impact. So it comes back to like all the North Star metrics that we're all working to as a company. You know, we, we do want to be profitable. We want different segments of the site to be profitable in their own ways. And then once we work out, actually, this bit isn't as profitable as it could be. It's not a priority for us anymore. We want to move on to the next thing that is. So that's where my priorities are as well. Right. Yeah. You mentioned metrics and, and measurements there. How has that been different going from, you know, I, I find a lot of agencies will hang their hat on a particular thing, you, the classic uh, LinkedIn graph without an actual y-axis, like, yeah, traffic shot up. Like, has it though? It's gone from zero to 10. That's not actually impressive. 
10x our traffic. Like, yeah, two, 2 to 20 is not that impressive. But I think there are some genuinely interesting ways to do reporting for SEO. There's multiple different ways of do, doing it depending on what your KPIs are and things like that. How much has that changed for you going from agency to in-house and that kind of going from reporting to multiple different people, maybe in different ways, to kind of being more focused? Oh, God. So uh, the first agency I worked at, I really liked reporting. Um, I built the Data Studio dashboards. I knew exactly what I wanted in them, tailored it to each client, loved it. Then I moved to to Evoluted and they've got their own ways of setting things up. So it was a little bit more restrictive, but it was still a really good um, time, you know, to reflect on the past month, look at the new month. Um, but it was, it was, you know, very similar for each client, even though they had different metrics. And now that I've just got one, it's a lot more granular mm-hmm. than doing it for clients. Um, even though we'd break things down, like, you know, the, the non-blog traffic or, you know, the non-branded traffic, things like that. Uh, what we, what we're sort of doing now is breaking it into really specific segments of the site, like where people are in different stages and actually seeing on a much more detailed level, like, you know, this new section that we launched last month actually now accounts for say 4% of overall traffic. And it's, it's just quite interesting to see at this more, you know, zoomed in kind of level. Yeah. I, I find myself a lot when, when in my previous agency, I had about 15 clients or so. I now have about five here at Candace, so it's a bit more manageable, but I think you're totally right that you, once you focus on one site and as you said, doing technical audits, you get to know it really well. I know you're only in week four, but it sounds like you've got a pretty good grasp of it already, that you are able to look at that nuance and the tiny little details and get more granular. And like you said, being able to see a particular typical customer journey or a user journey from blog to then converting and contacting or whatever it is, that is the kind of stuff I feel like you often don't get time in an agency setting to really, really dig down into the data and, and pull it all out and have a look at it. Is that something you've been enjoying, kind of being able to really dive? It sounds like you love data and like digging around in data. So that definitely sounds like a positive from my end. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, like this week, I've put together a mini deck on looking at what our returning customers do because mm. we, our returning customers um, are the most valuable for us. So we wanted a little bit more data on what do these returning customers actually do? Like where do they come back to? Where do they drop off? What do they do while they're on the site? you know, what's the sort of conversion rates for different things on there? Can we make it easier for them to come back and get what it is that they want? And then finding some surprises in there as well. Like I expected that most people come back to the site for their prescriptions, but it's been interesting seeing how they come back to the site um, because they're not always through the pages that you would expect. And then I've also found some sort of blog posts that people have come back to and then ended up converting on that we wouldn't necessarily have thought they would. So straight away, that means we can try and optimize those blog posts a little bit better for call to actions, you know, just from looking at that data that I probably wouldn't have got to look at at agency level. Yeah, that sounds really valuable. I think that's a, from from my side being like, oh, that sounds, that sounds good. <laughs> Getting a little bit jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what have been kind of the biggest surprises for you? Like you said, you're still only in, just over the first month here. So everything's still pretty fresh what have been the biggest changes and maybe the biggest unexpected changes and surprises you've experienced with that transition and now in the first few weeks? Oh, um, I feel like I've covered a few of them anyway, but <laughs> the no time tracking has just been, a, it wasn't a surprise. It's something that even now when I'm switching between tasks, 
I'm looking for the time tracker to start tracking new time. And I'm like, I don't need to do that. Um, and for the first couple of weeks, I was like, am I definitely doing, you know, enough hours? Because before I had something that literally told me, and now I have to look at the clock and work it out myself. So that, that's a bit odd. It's, it's nice. It's quite freeing. Um, but I actually quite like time tracking in a way because it showed me how much time I spent on certain tasks. But I'm not doing it like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing it again. Sometimes we do try and work out roughly how long it's taken us in total just because we will take that into account when we think has something been a win or a loss to us. You know, if it's been, you know, we, we've made a bit of profit on it or, you know, people have converted at a great rate or whatever, but maybe we've done like a video and it's took us hours and hours and hours and hours. And if we were to do that again, is it worth putting all those hours per week into doing that task again and again? Maybe not. So that's quite interesting as well. But what I think I need to get better at doing, and it's something I've mentioned this week actually to the team, is not switching between tasks like super quick. And, mm. you know, somebody might put something in Slack that's like, oh, could anyone just pull this data off? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Or somebody's, you know, thinks, oh, could we find this out because it'd be useful for X, Y, Z? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds really interesting. I'm going to jump on that. And I just abandon what I'm doing, jump on the next thing. And when I started, I did a personality quiz. Um, and it was pretty accurate what it gave back, to be fair. So on the first day, the team went through, um, like, you know, who they are, how they work, what their KPIs are, but also what are they great at and what do they need to work on? And we went through their personalities and I found that really interesting. So I gave that back to the team as well. And I was like, this is what mine's come out as. And one of them literally said, you will jump from project to project. And I was like, well, I do do that. So it, that's already <laughs> my list then to work on a little bit better. So what I think I'm going to do is start blocking out my calendar a little bit more to say, you know, these number of hours I'm going to be working on X. So don't jump into other projects during that time. Yeah, I'm totally guilty of that myself as well. I'm right there with you, mate, where you end up. Like you said, you see that message on Slack thing. Oh, yeah, I could help out with that. And there's that sudden like shift of focus over there to something completely different. And then by the time you come back around to the thing, you're like, oh, what was I doing? Where was that thing again? I was just trying to check this thing and I've forgotten where I put that. I was halfway through a thing. I'm right there with you doing exactly the same things. <laughs> it's data as well sometimes. You can just go down an absolute rabbit hole. And I think if you just left me to it, I find out all sorts. But it's not what the goal is right now. So get yeah. the contract. <laughs> so what do you miss about agency life like we talked about the biggest changes biggest surprises there must be some some, some kind of balance there right of, of the differences between the two so what what have kind of been the the things you think you're going to miss from agency life i've got to say the evoluted colleagues in case anyone's listening um miss you all uh, but <laughs> i do I, I do genuinely miss them like now i'm sort of the only seo person so i don't have really anybody else to say can you just sense check this for me or what do you think about this or you know other people sharing oh have you seen this on twitter have you seen this that google said it's kind of all down to me now um but i do also miss just the silly stuff day to day as well like i just <laughs> tell everybody about like all the you know the stupid stuff that i've done like all the dogs have been really naughty or whatever because we're really really busy at, at the lowdown and, you know, we, we, we jump on meetings, we ask about weekends, we know what's going on in personal lives, but it's probably not at that same level as it was at Evoluted, where I'd, I'd just tell them all sorts of stupid things that I'd done and everyone would just laugh at me. 
are you mostly remote working now for for lowdown and you were office based or were you remote for for evoluted as well yeah um so i'm in barnsley and evoluted were in sheffield it's not too far away but yeah especially with all the train strikes and just generally how they never show up on time that's not great and i've dreamed times but nearly cried because there's just too many lanes and roundabouts so no thanks um so i was mostly remote but we had a lot of like socials and things right yeah. um, so to them. um and yeah now the lowdown's in london so it's going to be not that often that i'm going down but i've been down just before i started and you know the offices are beautiful um everybody's really nice but yeah i just sort of sit here in my little bubble <laughs> you mentioned the SEO consultant you've been working with as well. I think it's always nice to have somebody to bounce ideas off as well, right? There's that. I think that that's the biggest thing that draws me, as well as, like you said, having somebody else to plan stuff and help with all that kind of thing as well, because I'm a terrible planner. I can do the stuff. I just can't work out how long it's going to take me to do the thing. <laughs> having somebody else to bounce ideas off of is is a huge benefit, I think, especially in SEO. And I think that's why... So many of us gravitate towards communities like Women in Tech SEO and SEO Twitter and LinkedIn and all that kind of stuff as well. Do you feel like you're going to be a bit more kind of active in those communities? Will you have time to be active in those communities as well? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I've noticed that I have been a bit more quiet and it's something we did chat about. Yeah, and I think some of it is, you know, thinking about Twitter especially, like I scroll through it now and there's so much junk on there. I think it's just, you know, it's the algorithm, it's how Twitter's changed. Um, I'm maybe not seeing as much interesting stuff as before. And then Twitter, you know, LinkedIn's just showboating mostly as well. Um, so I feel like I've not contributed as much. I feel like I've had not, I haven't had like tons to say, but I don't want to become someone that's just tweeting for the sake of it either. Mm. So hopefully I'll get to a point where, you know, we've got some really exciting projects on at Lowdown and I really want to be able to do some sort of talks or something about like mini case studies in a way like here you know we expanded into this area this is what we did and this is what we achieved out of it because they were always the talks that i found the most interesting that i'd go and see because there's always some part of it that you can apply to, to what you're working on yeah definitely i think like you said there's a big leaning towards agency people at seo conferences as well right things like brighton seo and and search london and all that kind of stuff it leans pretty heavily towards a lot of agency workers. But you do see in-house people coming as well. And like you said, I think some of the really interesting talks you get are from people like yourself who are able to really focus on, we tried this thing in our niche and it worked and here's why and here's the results and all that kind of stuff. So do you think that's going to be a plan for you going forward to kind of use those case studies to then come back to Brighton SEO and other SEO conferences and kind of be the now they're like oh jen's an in-house speaker cool that's <laughs> become the exciting like seo unicorn of it in-house <laughs> in-house jen <laughs> oh um maybe it's not something that I'm, I'm desperate to do and like i definitely don't want to do a talk or anything for the sake of it i will speak if there's something that i think is is worth sharing um yeah just thinking in the future you know some of the projects that i'm working on right now i think they're really interesting and you know hopefully other people would think that too um even you know, like so. Last week, uh, we were on the we were on the telly. We were on uh, Davina's pill documentary, and the week before, we like really rushed to get some new bits in our navigation um, because we're planning a new navigation anyway. Because it's one of like the first things that I sort of said was like we've got a much bigger site than it actually looks like. There's loads of stuff off and off, um, and it's something they were already working on. But now they've got my input as well. 
So we did like a bit of a hacky job just to sort of get some of the side effects in there because we didn't have them anywhere in the navigation and people find them organically, but you know, if they're Googling the lowdown, they're not going to find them. And that in itself had like a huge, huge increase, you know, thousands of people in during that sort of documentary time that were coming onto the lowdown did go into those side effect pages. So it shows right. us that they are really valuable. It's something that we definitely do want in the new navigation. I feel like big navigational changes can be a huge thing to try and push through with clients and, and going through that process as we were talking about earlier. I think being able to make that rapid change just before a big thing, like being on the TV with Davina McCall is a huge plus for you guys, for sure. That's that's a that's an incredible idea to get that kind of sorted quickly and then seeing the results of that so quickly afterwards as well. So yeah, hopefully little things like that, you know, we, we can sort of, I can share those and be like, actually, we had a hunch, we did this. Um, one thing that I did wonder if I was ever going to be able to share this, but it turns out they were doing it anyway. Um, it was literally one lunchtime, I was sort of sat here having a sandwich or whatever, and I thought, we've got a lot of these sort of side effect pages um, this was before I joined the company as well. So there's a lot of these side effect pages. So for every sort of method and brand of contraception, there's a side effect page where it pulls from real user data, um, you know, quantitative data. Um, and I thought actually a lot of, there's a lot of search around people asking like, can it, can this particular pill brand, for example, cause acne? Can it cause weight gain? Can it mm. help with it? Um, so I was like, I emailed Alice. And I was like, it's just a quick idea. I don't know if you're on with it or even if it already exists because, you know, the, the navigation is not great. Or can we look at doing something where we get these sort of, can it cause X, can it cause Y, and can we pull from this data? And she was like, yep, yeah, and I love it, and we've actually just done this recently. So she sent me the links to these pages. I was like, oh, brilliant. So at least we are relying <laughs> thinking. Um, and it's these cause pages that are now in the navigation under that side effects menu item. So that's the thing that really took off during the, the documentary and since as well it's something that has kept up traffic because now people can access it yeah being able to access the information is so important and i think a lot of the wider discussion around sort of like the search generative experience and all the kind of shifts that are happening on the SERPs at the moment that kind of faq style content of i want to know does this thing give me this side effect that will be a huge factor going forward for all different kinds of industries, not just side effects for medication and things like that. But I think that is a huge, huge point to kind of cover, if I want a better phrase, like make sure you are answering every query that all of your users could possibly be thinking of. You want to prove that you are the authority in that industry and, and on those topics, right? So yeah, credit to you guys and the team for actually getting on that so quickly and, and them already being thinking in that direction as well. <laughs> I like thinking of expanding into new areas as well. And it's really interesting to be at that inception level where a couple of people are sort of mapping out these new like questions to ask, basically like what data do we want to collect from people about their experiences that other people would find helpful? So literally thinking about what, what would you want to know? What's the search that people are actually searching for? But if we give them an answer, is it actually helpful to them as well? <laughs> So yeah, it's, it, think things are coming, um, but it's really interesting to see what goes into all that. So it's not just dumping the keywords in a spreadsheet. It's thinking about real people and what they will do with that information at the end. I think you've got the the perfect advantage as well, being a customer yourself and already having the experience from the other side. Is I think it's a huge benefit because 
I think that can be a real roadblock sometimes for working agency side is actually getting through the processes of like speaking to the sales team and then the sales team then feedback from the customers and then you've got three or four people in between you actually doing the work and then the actual customers are very, very rare that an agency worker will actually get to speak directly to a client's customers. And that would that seems weird to me that that would be a thing. But with you already, you know, on having experienced the customer side of the company and then also coming in and now working for the company, that seems like the perfect dynamic. You already have an idea of the kind of things people are going to be asking when they're using contraception or menstruating or going through and, and getting new prescriptions and things like that. And as you said, and as teased, new things that you're expanding into as well. Yeah, that's a really fantastic kind of combination. And I think that's why why you've worked so well so far. Thank you. Hopefully it's just going to be good. I was also thinking I've not really been through any issues with client where they've dropped due to an algorithm update. You know, you sort of see these scary Twitter. And I've, I'm not saying it's because I'm a brilliant SEO or whatever. It's just not fallen that way for me. So I've never <laughs> really had to read one. So it's something where I'm like, oh God, if we get hit by an algorithm update, that's on me. I'm going to get fired or whatever. So <laughs> that, that's something I'm yet to experience and handle. So any tips are welcome from anybody. <laughs> Listeners, if you're out there, if you have any tips for Jen, please do let us know. Um, but yeah, I guess you would come under kind of the YMWL umbrella, right? Being Giving medical advice and dealing with medication and stuff, that is uh, a thing that is more heavily scrutinized by Google and things like that. So. Yeah, I'd be very interested to see because I've worked with some medical clients before, obviously not in-house, but from an agency side of things. And you do notice a lot more fluctuations, like you said, from small little changes and, and adjustments and things like that. I think Google are getting better at it, hopefully. I say optimistically, half believing my own words. But I think, yeah, that that's something, again, coming back to the transition and the, the whole topic here, going from agency to in-house understanding that industry and where the search engines kind of see where you are can be a huge factor as well right i think jumping into a huge industry you know nothing about could be pretty difficult but i think you're like i said you're positioned pretty well that you understand the company and the and the customers really well it's just going to be the how does google see that does they do they understand the lowdown as the authority and all that kind of thing i've always found it really interesting like how does google know that content's medically reviewed um, so it's something that on our blog, they've already got like a, who, who's written it? What's their author bio? Links off to their page. Sometimes it's a, a a doctor, sometimes it's not, but it's always reviewed by a doctor before it goes on to the blog. And then we've got um, who reviewed it, when did they review it? And it, it links to their sort of doctor bio. But how good does Google know we're not lying? Like I know we're not because we've got it all in Asana, but Google doesn't know that. Um, but one of the first things that I noticed, I think it was literally like day two, so it's a JavaScript website, but we've got the blog on WordPress. So I sort of noticed the, uh, on the schema. So the, the author for the bio, it wasn't the same as who had actually written it. And then mm. I realized because of who had published it in WordPress, that's what the schema was pulling through as. Right. So I've been in and changed of key ones, but they are all going to need changing. And I was like, oh God, stay two. And I found that like, what else is to come? <laughs> Things where at least we're getting some of them aligning with the schema and who's actually written it rather than two very different things. Yeah, I think there's something we talked about a lot when it comes to Healthline. I think they're one of the best at having that, like you said, that record of this was reviewed by this professional person, this was written by this person, 
and the actual like change log of this has been re-reviewed. This was originally published two years ago, but has been re-reviewed to a, in accordance with recent guidelines or whatever it is and all that kind of stuff. I think you guys do that really well. Like you said, having the uh, initial author and then reviewed by with the tick and then the official like bios and things like that. That is, it seems really basic, but I think it's something so many people miss out, especially in YMYL circumstances. And I think, yeah, credit to you guys for having that in there already. And as you said, having schema and things like that is so important to clearly establish authoritative, tying into the double EAT thing, right? That that wider conversation of establishing yourself as experts, having experience with it, authoritativeness and trustworthiness all tying around together. That's hugely important in that field for sure. Yeah, and there probably is things that we can do better as well. So I'm kind of splitting time between technical content and expanding into this sort of new world next stage. And I've not really got around to the content side properly just yet. So yeah, don't judge on it. But it's pretty <laughs> good. it brings in a lot of traffic for us and it, it helps a lot of women as well. There you go. You can't say better than that. It brings in traffic and it helps a lot of women. So <laughs> Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jen, for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure to pick your brains and understand what the the journey has been like for you. How can people follow up and find you on the various social media things that you may or may not be active on at any given moment? <laughs> um, don't think there's money as a Jen Penaluna's, but you'll probably find me. Uh, I'm Jen Penaluna on LinkedIn, and I think it's Penaluna Jen, Penaluna underscore Jen on Twitter, because I think I made one years ago and had to delete it, whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, search it, you'll find me. Yeah, there'll be links in the show notes, listeners. Just go to search.withcanada.co.uk. There'll be links there for Jen's social media and, of course, to thelowdown.com as well. You can go and learn more about Jen and keep an eye on all the cool updates and SEO tricks and case studies you'll be releasing in the not-too-distant future as well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure. That's all we have time for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining me, Jen Penaluna, this week. I thought it was a really interesting discussion all about the differences between working in an agency and working in-house. Listeners, I hope you've learned a lot as well. If you're thinking about that as part of your future career move or you've recently moved from agency to in-house or vice versa, hopefully some of the advice and some of the pointers there from Jen will be very, very useful to you in your career as well. Coming up next week, Mark and I will be doing another one of our Systrix live streams over on the Systrix YouTube channel. Please do go and check that out. There'll be a link for that in the show notes. We will be doing that later on next week. I'll also be having a podcast crossover spectacular, a two-parter across both of our shows with the one, the only, Garrett Sussman from Rankable and the SEO Weekly. I made a brief appearance on the SEO Weekly a couple of weeks ago when the SGE stuff was announced and... Garrett wanted some hot takes on uh, on the SGE and what we can expect following Google I.O. So it'd be really, really cool to finally sit down with Garrett, somebody I've never really spent enough time speaking to on social media and things like that, but somebody I've always wanted to uh, sit down and have a chat with on a podcast because I'm a huge fan of his podcast and I think it will make for some fantastic discussions. So like I said, a double mega two-parter, one half on Search with Canada, one half on Rankable, coming up very very soon between me and Garrett Sussman as well so thank you very much for listening please do stay tuned for all that stuff and have a lovely week